What's up, guys? We're going to choose podcast. My name is Solomon Lee at Solomon Lee NBA on Twitter. Here, joined by Dave Hardesty, a founder of Clutch.com. How you doing, Dave? Good. How are you doing, man? I'm doing all right. So you texted me 10 minutes ago that you're fading, you're falling asleep a little bit, and I'm here to wake you up, man. <laughs> I'm here to wake you up because the, the fans deserve to get a podcast tonight because the Rockets have won three basketball games in a row. We have a lot of stuff to talk about, including the John Wall stuff, but I decided to lead with that because I don't know when I'm going to be able to start a podcast this season with that, that they've won three basketball games in a row. Tell me how you're feeling. Like three basketball games in a row, you're you're, you're a fan of a rebuilding team right now. Good thing, bad thing. What, what's going through your head right now? Well, I think it's a good thing. I, I, I absolutely do think it's imperative that they probably end up you know as with a you know top five pick this year i think that's important but uh you know i think it's a good thing that they're getting some confidence i mean the way i look at it is if organically this team wins you know if they're not running out there with uh, a bunch of veterans and just you know accumulating wins for no real development purpose then uh you know if like i said if i ha- if it happens organically from these young guys developing that then that so be it now there's i would definitely never advocate throwing games in that regard i just think uh long term you know this is a a long-term rebuild i think it's really 2023-24 before the rockets should be looking at a a playoff spot if it happens sooner great but i think that's when it most likely will happen when the stars align um and so uh, you know it's it's just really interesting Solomon, because i think you know the we you know there's so many key things here one daniel tice is sitting out two jalen green is injured and out and you want to see jalen green he's sort of your your great hope here uh you want to see him developing and they're winning without him so uh, I think there's a lot of things, a lot of reasons to think that it'll be fine when he gets back. But there's, you know, it's just they're winning with some guys that you know may not play when a few other things happen here. So you mentioned Daniel Tice sitting out, and I guess that's where I kind of want to start with this because Christian Wood, over the past three games, averaging 24.3 points per game, 15.7 rebounds per game, 3.7 assists per game, 2.3 blocks, and the main difference is. The Rockets are playing him at center, and they're playing Jay Sean Tate at power forward. And I could have told you before this season, in fact I did, that playing two centers at the same time was a bad idea, especially Daniel Tice. Like, that's just terrible floor spacing. And for the longest time, the Rockets just had really crappy floor spacing. Like, Christian Wood was their best shooter at the time. And since they've inserted Eric Gordon in the lineup, since uh, Jay Sean Tate has slid down to the power forward position, they're just playing a more free, more open brand of basketball. Christian Wood can play uh, that screen and dive game that's been robbed of him pretty much this entire season. He's had to become this pick and pop guy and this kind of playmaker guy. It's just not him. Like what makes Christian Wood a good basketball player on the offensive end is he's a really freaking good screen and dive guy that can shoot threes not a really good pick and pop guy that can screen and dive I think the Rockets had that mixed up for a while and for some reason the organization's been so obsessed with pairing him with another big man right first it was Kelly Olenek and I understand that was kind of what they could salvage with from the Victor Oladipo thing but even so when they got when they got Kelly Olenek in hand they decided to start him next to Christian Wood I thought that was a bizarre fit like I, the Rockets seem to really like it so much so that they prioritized getting like a defensive center in the offseason and they chased Daniel Tice. And like 
like from an asset standpoint, like I understand, like you, listen, you have to use this trade exception, and it's it's smart like asset management to go and get Daniel Tice, especially for that for that price. But here's the thing, from a basketball perspective, I never understood that move. Like the Rockets at that point had already drafted two big men, um, or ha- already had two big men uh, playing major rotation minutes in Christian Wood. They just drafted uh, Alperin Sengun, and they drafted uh, Usman Garuba. Like I, I, I didn't understand this idea of bringing in yet another big man into the rotation. Is it really a good asset play if you're not going to showcase the asset in its most ideal position, right? Like if Daniel Tice isn't going to play major minutes for you, if he's not going to play in his maximized capacity i'm not sure if it's the best asset play like yeah it's a good contract and and you know maybe you'll get the the time you'll get the chance to showcase him down the line but they're they're definitely not gonna getting a chance to showcase him right now like right now it's that's just a dead contract for you he's not playing any minutes like i think that's the biggest takeaway from these past three games christian wood is dominating and he's playing what the the role he was always meant to play like this was where he succeeded at the beginning of last season like before he hurt his ankle like the guy was a dominant big man and on the offensive end and and that's because he got the chance to screen and dive that's because he was the, he got the chance to kind of play freewheeling basketball uh, in an open court setting and he's getting to do that again yeah, you're absolutely right. I think, uh, you know, first of all, uh, with regard to Daniel Tice, I, I mean, I think you have to look at it as, you know, a, a mistake or certainly hasn't been a good move, in my opinion, by Stone. But I think there's been some buzz that that was really already underway even before drafting uh, Sangoon. And, and so I think, um, you know, I, maybe give him a pass there. And if it's true that that contract is tradable, which, you know, I'm not a hundred percent sure on, um, then it's okay. But I just, I think my, what I really did not like about the signing at the time was that it went beyond 2023. Right. You know, it's guaranteed into 2024. And that's, that was what really surprised me because, you know, so much is in my opinion, pointing towards 2023 with the cap room and, and, you know, a couple of years of more of draft picks that you can accumulate. Um, they should be in a very good position with future assets and everything to sort of shift gears from a, you know, lottery team to at least one that's contending for a play in spot. So, um, yeah, as far as Tice, it, it has not worked out. I think their hope was, you know, hey, Wood can shoot threes. We got a, a defensive center in the middle who's who's our guy who can't shoot but then yeah when you put bring in tate he's not a good shooter and you know you mentioned in general the four spacing but i mean kpj and Jalen green both have been pretty terrible shooting threes at least up to you know this but during the the 15 game losing streak have been pretty terrible so you know the the rockets were one of the worst three-point shooting teams in the league before this three-game winning streak so um you know, that's what they had to get back to. Christian Wood, you know, that's where he thrives. I, You know, Stephen Silas said it many times last year. That's where he has his greatest advantage. You know, he can take uh, centers and, and, and pull them away from the basket on the, you know, when he's on an offensive end. And he's terrific rolling to the basket. So, you know, to me, that's where he needs to be. I think they're going to have to make something happen with Daniel Tice. And, you know, the Rockets have always been the team of threes, the team of spacing. So it was a little odd to see the spacing so poor, um, you know, for 
the you know good portion of the the season to start out, and I think they're starting to to get it right now. Yeah, that was really an organizational shift. If you look at like when Rafael Stone became the general manager, the first major move he did was acquiring Christian Wood. Like they immediately got bigger, and then they they kept on getting bigger. You know, as time went on, and now we're at this point where it's like they almost might be too big. Like they almost may have too many bigs. And I guess we can talk about the trade deadline later. But like, um, they're a very traditional. At least they've operated as such. They've operated as very much like a traditional like front office. They like having two bigs. They like having, um, you know kind of conventional floor spacing and like i in 2021 i just don't know how you can continue playing that way um the tyson wood lineups were horrendous like they were negative 22 and it was a big reason a negative 22 per one possessions and it was a big reason they they were they had one of the worst starting units in the nba because those two were on the floor together mucking up the spacing and the guards didn't have room to penetrate drive uh pick the pick and roll game was pretty much non-existent i I don't think it's a coincidence that their their worst quarters were the first quarter and the third quarter like if you look at their net ratings in terms of throughout the entire game like those are when the starting units play and that those were their worst quarters and i think it's a large part because their lineups are really really bad and I really liked that, you know, I think, you know, much out of kind of panic, right? Like they lost 15 games in a row. They kind of had to get desperate and they started Gareth Matthews. And I guess that's kind of where I want to pivot with this. What an incredible story, man. Like this guy was in the G League three weeks ago, literally three weeks ago, two weeks ago, they called him up. Um, he, he starts cracking the rotation, um, mostly because Steven Thomas was just trying to get any floor spacing, you know, Armani Brooks started playing more and he started playing more. And, you know, the difference between him and Armani Brooks is like 40 pounds and like two inches in height, right? Like that's, that that's, and Garrison Matthews has like a really quick trigger finger. And like, I feel like that's rubbing off on like Armani a little bit. Like he's starting to shoot more confidently and playing less tight. And like, I really like this kid, man. Like he's really letting the ball fly from beyond the arc. Whenever he's open, he lets it fly. He knows exactly why he's on the floor, right? It's like, he's not naive about what his role is. He is out there to shoot threes, make threes. That's it. Play the best defense he possibly can, but the Rockets aren't expecting much from him there. They're just expecting him to be a dead-eye shooter and a dead-eye floor spacer, and he's doing that. He's shooting the ball tremendously. I think he was 5 from uh, 11 tonight. It might have been 6 of 12. I, I I didn't look at the final box score, but he was really, really good at shooting the basketball tonight, and he has been that way for the past three games. He's probably averaging around 17 points a game, and... He's been really, really igniting their runs in these first quarter starts. Like he, along with Christian Wood, he has been their primary floor spacer. Eric Gordon's obviously done a great job being that vet. Uh, obviously, being that floor spacing threat, he's always been for the past three years. But like this new dynamic they've added with Garrison Matthews, like they just found this guy two way contract, kind of like Daniel House a few years ago, right? Like you, you know, you really see it. You didn't really see it coming until it happened. And he's really contributing in a, in a major, major way. I think that's a it's a big, it's a nice gem for Rafael Stone. Yeah, it, it, you know, you mentioned House. It kind of was kind of actually thinking it reminded me a little bit of Patrick Beverly, even though he's a you know completely different player. But just that they just kind of pulled him out of nowhere, and he's you know a solid contributor. I've been impressed with him. I didn't expect anything. I mean, he's on a two way contract. And like you said, he understands spacing, he understands positioning and where to be 
He sets himself up in the corners, which, you know, he's, like you said, a quick release. He's a, a threat to make that three. So the defender has to stay within range of him. So it's a huge boost to the Rockets all around. It opens up things for Christian Wood. It opens up things for KPJ. It will open things up for Jalen Green when he gets back. Um, if Jalen, if of course Jalen Green isn't taking the time uh, of Garrison Matthews, but uh, you know, t- to me, um, he's I've been impressed with him. He's almost reminded me a little bit of like a Joe Harris type. He's not quite as good of a shooter as Harris, but still very good. I think he's uh, around thirty eight, thirty nine percent this year. Um, so he's he's been impressive. I've really liked what I've seen from him, um, and it's going to be hard to. to to, frankly, to, to get him off the floor as far as if you're trying to win games because he's shooting so well. I mean, and again, I'm not trying to knock Jalen Green. I believe in Jalen Green long term, um, but he's been terrible shooting the basketball, um, and you know he's got to get a lot better. And so, if you're just putting Jalen Green in for Garrison, Garrison Matthews, you gain a lot of things certainly as far as explosion and, and athleticism, but just flat out shooting you you are taking a step back at least currently so we'll see what Jalen Green does with with this improved spacing but uh you know as far as what's happened up to this point that's that's definitely been there's been a difference between the two so um but yeah I overall I've been really impressed with Garrison and Jalen did look pretty good with that improved spacing in that first quarter that they did get to see him with that improved spacing, right? He had like 11 points, 4 or 5 from the field. Um, I thought he benefit. I think he's going to benefit from the improved floor spacing. I have sincere doubts that they're, they're going to pull him from the starting lineup. My, my best guess is that they're probably oh, going to they're probably going to pull Garrison Matthews and uh, Air Gordon's pro- Air Gordon's probably going to get the fifth spot and I think that's you know, I don't think that's a crazy decision you know that they they long term obviously believe in you know Jalen Green they took him in this the second overall pick in a really stacked draft class obviously they have a high, a lot invested in him working out I guess that's a nice kind of transition into you know another guy that is threatening to take a starting spot uh, for, from uh, these Rockets, and I guess that's, that's John Wall. Uh, John Wall, according to Adrian Wojnarowski, wants to return to the team. He met with the Rockets yesterday, more specifically Stephen Silas and Rafael Stone, and what they came away with was like, John Wall wants to start and the Rockets want him to come off the bench. And to me, and I guess uh, you you kind of uh, tweeted at me uh, yesterday, kind of somewhat disagreeing with what I said. Where, like To me, this kind of signaled to like that the organization is pretty headstrong that Jalen Green and Kevin Porter Jr. can be their starting backcourt of the future. Like They do not want to you know, give up those starting spots. And it's surprising to me in that, like, you know, if Kevin Porter Jr. becomes anything, like, that's a win. You know, you got him for nothing. I, I don't know why they need to be so invested in him starting. Uh, I understand why Jalen Green, why long-term they want him to be there. Uh, Kevin Porter Jr., like, listen, like, I I think, you know, getting him for nothing from the Cavs is really impressive. You know, long term, I'm I'm struggling to see him as the starting point guard for the Rockets. Uh, I I think the efficiency woes, I think the turnover woes, I think the defensive woes, like all that stuff combined into one. I'm not really sure um, he is the long term option there. I think he can be a really good third guard in the NBA. 
like a really good third off the bench guard in the NBA. Uh, this idea that you know that he has to be um, the starting point guard, or, or the Rockets really want to get a look at him there. Like I think they've they got a pretty good sample size of him at that spot. I'm not saying give up on it, but I'm 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 saying like you know keep him around, but you don't have to necessarily force feed him the starting spot. I I, I th- that that to me was interesting. I wrote about it a little bit uh, this morning. You know, like to me it is signaling that the organization really views is is pretty damn high on the guy. I mean, the way Rafael Stone was talking about him before the draft was like they think he's a point guard long term. They want him to play point guard. They they believe in his passing. I'm iffy on his passing. I think sometimes he can get blinders and sometimes he misses guys. Sometimes he doesn't get guys on target and on time. Um but um yeah, it's, it's a really it's a really, you know, interesting season for him because again, he is up for extensions. Uh, he's up for an extension this summer and if he shows that he is anything like the Rockets front office believes of him like he he's going to command some significant money I don't as of this moment you know I I I talked about this with Adam Spolane like I'm not sure I would come aggressively with an offer for Kevin Porter Jr. in the summer but obviously there's a lot of time left uh what was your what's your view on the whole wall stuff and more more specifically how like how it signals the front office's views of Kevin Porter Jr. Well, and actually, in in that tweet reply to you, I was actually agreeing with you, but I'm just saying that they think that it could still be like, and that and that it it doesn't say that they, like they're going to be their future. It's just that they, if Wall comes back, they don't get a you know enough of a look at those guys together. Um, to determine that and you're right kpj's extension is coming up this summer that's a very big deal i tend to think they'll basically get out of that summer without an extension just because you know cap room and and all of those things that you want to uh, preserve i mean i i just i look at the rockets as they're going to add two more you hope top of the line talents in 2022 draft and the 2023 draft and additional first rounders as well. Once you start doling out money, whether that's to Christian Wood or to KPJ or or whoever, uh, the big contracts that is, I mean, it's, it's now limited. And so, you know, you've got three at best. I mean, you look at like a team like the, the, the Sixers, they've got three massive contracts and you know, they're, pretty much filling in you know a few things here and there as best as they can and it's going to be the same way with the rockets as well so you know you every decision that you make you have to have to look at it before you pay these guys and i think that's just something you know when when people talk about possibly trading christian wood or or um or anything you know from what i've seen from Kevin Porter Jr. I have I haven't been convinced that this guy is going to be our long term point guard. That he's the best fit next to Jalen Green, but he's getting better during this three game win streak. There's been some some definite bright spots. I think there's a there's always the occasional play that reminds you that okay he's still you know he's not experienced as a point guard. I mean at the end of the game end of regulation in that Hornets game when. You know, he needed to pull it out with the lead and, and instead drove for a dunk and got fouled. It was a very risky play in the sense that, you know, if he had missed or had that shot blocked, I mean, they they could have easily tied the game. And um, so it was, you know, just a tough situation there. You realize that there's still some some 
things that a normal, you know, experienced point guard would be able to handle. Um, but he's he's got great size. He's he's fast. He's quick. Um, I'd like to see him be a little bit better shooter. I'd like to see him, you know, take care of the ball a little bit better. Um, uh, but you know, I, it's just in my opinion, I don't think that they're going to come away with an extension this summer. I, I just think that would be there's a lot of season left, so we'll see what happens. But I think that would just be premature unless it was just a really good, you know, deal they could get. Yeah, if I were them, I would play the restricted free agency game. Like I, I see no reason why they shouldn't, you know. And obviously, we're getting way ahead of ourselves. We're talking the summer of 2023 at that point. But I mean, that's kind of what I would do. Like it's just. Uh, as as of this moment, you know, like if the season stops today, this is the sample size we get from Kevin Porter Jr. Obviously, there's lots of basketball to be played, but um, again, like he hasn't improved enough in the areas where he needs to improve in, like the turnovers, the assist, the, the assist to turnover ratio, the shooting efficiency, free throw shooting. You know, like it's a it's a big indicator of three point shooting. He hasn't gotten better there, um, and I think. Like I've seen indications that he can be a very like a pretty good NBA player. Like don't get me wrong, I don't I, I think he's an NBA player. I think he's going to have a successful NBA career. I don't think I I just my question is how good. Like I, I guess I disagree with the Rockets on how good of an NBA career he can have. I think he can I I see him more as like a third guard feast or famine kind of guy. And I think they see him more as like, you know, the conductor for them long term. And I just like I I'm not there with that. I'm not. I, I'm just. I guess I'm not, just not there yet with him. Um, but with Wall specifically, you know what? This is one of those situations where, like, I actually don't think either side is in the wrong. Like, I th- I understand Wall's situation here, right? Like, he is. You know, he can credibly look at the roster and be like, "I'm definitely one of the two best guards here," right? He can definitely say, like, "Yeah, I, I would. I could make this team a lot better than where they are right now. Like, I could, I could help these guys not only on the basketball court, but development-wise, just being out there on the court and being kind of a con- conductor for them. And the Rockets can also be like, well, listen, like, you're not our future. Kevin Porter Jr. and Jalen Green are. You know, at least that's what they think, right? Like, if that's what they believe." they have a credible case for being like, you know what, like, that's not where we want to go. Like, we understand that you can help us, but the best way you can help us in is, is in this one specific way. And if you don't want to help, if you don't want to contribute in that one specific way, well, it's better to just stick with the status quo, which is you not playing, right? Um, but yeah, I mean, I, 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 I just don't, I don't, I think John Wall's camp is getting a lot of vitriol right now on the internet and, and, you know, I guess national media wise, like the Rockets are getting a lot of vitriol. Uh, I I don't think either side deserves that. I actually kind of think like they have a ca- I both sides have a c- understandable case, and I I kind of it, the more you look at it, the more you understand why they're they came to the solution they came to before the season. Yeah, and it's it's so hard to. to to criticize because you know it's his contract that makes this situation impossible and so it's it's like you know you don't want to deny him what he felt he earned when at the time he signed his contract but it's very very clear he's not worth that anymore and it's impossible to move him because of the contract and so you know when nba players all you know join up and say hey um, 
you know, free this man. Or, you know, if, if they're talking about playing him, that's one thing. But just, you know, letting him go or trade him or what what have you. I mean, that's that's not exactly an easy situation. So, um, you know, you, you could go all the way back to uh, the Chris Paul for Westbrook trade for why they're in this quandary to begin with. But, um, but yeah, it's just a sort of fortunate situation. You've got a year and a half, more than a year and a half left on that deal. And, you know, just nobody's going to want to trade for that deal unless you're taking back equivalent dead salary. Yeah, I was wondering how far into the podcast we would go before you re- you mentioned the Rockets' original sin, you know, with the Westbrook trade. Uh, Thirty-two minutes, not right on the dot, right on the dot. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, listen, like this is tough. This is tough. It's gonna be, it's gonna be weird. It's the next three weeks are gonna get are gonna be weird. Silas said today that they're not done talking. You know, they're gonna they're gonna have more conversations. Wall has, still has to ramp up. You know, he still has to get back into tip-top shape uh, to play basketball with this group again. Um, you know, he my, he my sense is that he is in shape, but he's not, you know, there's a difference between being in shape and being in game shape, and he has to ramp up for that. So that's going to take at least two or three more weeks. Uh, he has to have more conversations with the group. So it's interesting, man. Like, this is, uh, this is something that Steven Silas is going to have to navigate. To me, I just look at John Wall as like, unless he is specifically helping develop those players, creating open shots for Jalen Green, for example, and making his life easier and, and, and teaching him the ropes, I don't see where he he helps. He's taking minutes from someone else. He's, he, you know, if he is helping you win games, is he helping, you know, by the, helping develop players or just, you know, trying to, to get up all those shots? And so, you know, it's there's just they need to definitely outline what the team goals here are, and if he's on board with that, then great. Um, you know, I, I'm fine with. It. I think I think most people would be fine with it. Um, but it's just it's just an unfortunate situation. I mean, when they acquired him, then they went out and acquired Oladipo in the in the Harden trade. I mean, they were trying to win right there, and you know that 20 game losing streak just made it so that, you know, this team had to flat out rebuild. Um, you know, it's just John Wall kind of got stuck right in the middle and it happened pretty fast. Um, so the Rockets next three games at OKC, uh, to play the Thunder, uh, you know, back in Houston to play the Magic and back in Houston to play the Pelicans. What, what What's their record in those next three games? Whew, I'm going to say they're going to win two of the three. Ooh. Uh, <laughs> that is that that's a lot of wins that's a lot of wins for this Rockets team yeah it is but uh I, I don't know if they can uh, the road game is the one I'm more worried about even though it is OKC um but uh I, I think they can win those games at home I mean they've been playing pretty well um they seem to have a good little system going here I am a little concerned about it because they're no longer the worst team in the league and I have to admit I was kind of getting uh um, used to the fact that they would have no worse than the fifth pick of the draft. Um, but, you know, it's way too early for that. And now they're they're definitely in the thick of things there. And, the, you know, the way they're playing, they uh, I don't know if they're going to be even bottom three, to be honest, because there's enough teams down there that, you know, I think they could win a few games and and, uh, and push, them, push themselves out of that range. So... But, you know, to me, I personally hope, I think this is a great draft up top. I think, especially right now, my top four picks, uh, I think you're going to get an impact player. 
Um, and so uh, I'm, I'm hoping that they, you know, they're, they're able to win another lottery spot. You know what? I'll say they win two of the next three games too. Uh, I, I think they win that OKC game, and I think they win that Pelicans game. Uh, I think they lose the Orlando game. Really? Orlando currently is 4-18. Yeah, they're due. They're due. They're, they're due for a win. Uh, by the way, Cole Anthony's pretty good. Cole Anthony's like surprisingly, surprisingly good season. And Wendell Carter Jr. Uh, did did not see that from him. Um, yeah, I mean, listen, like this is we're way too early to be discussing tankathon rankings right now. Uh, but but uh, I I guess for you it's never too early, right? You're you're probably on there every day doing that simulation, right? Well, no, I'm not there every day, but I certainly, when you lose 15, pretty much, you know, almost out of the gate and, you know, you kind of have the team that you do, I think, you know, you kind of, you can't help but look at that. Or I think what I do is I really do look at what's the long-term landscape here. Like, and, and we talked about 2023 and that's when I look at things and that's when I, I really want to judge Silas. I want to judge Stone. I want, you know, how are we doing as far as scouting, drafting, uh, putting together a team, a scheme, um, and I think that's when you make significant changes. Uh, hopefully, you have a, a, a solid structure and system in place by then, because you are going to be pursuing free agents, and you want to have at least man one or two of the young draft picks that you've drafted be really uh, guys that that draw the players in. You know, I mean, the Rockets. I always point out this example that they, you know, tried to trade for Dwight Howard and he didn't want to come here and they, they had a chance to trade for Chris Paul. He didn't want to be here. Um, they got James Harden and, and you didn't even have to try anymore. They both wanted to be here. So the Rockets need that type of a player who that can bring in um, a star or two or, so, or what have you. They need somebody to get this process started, whether that's Jalen Green or somebody they get in this draft or the next draft. Um, they need somebody to to make other players around the league say, "Hey, Houston's got something going on." So I think that's why I look at the draft, and because I don't think right now um, we've seen we haven't seen it really yet from Jalen Green, and I don't think we've seen it yet really from any of their players where somebody here is like top five, top ten uh, player potential just yet. The all important cornerstone talent. Uh, this exactly. is, you, you don't have to tell me about that. Uh, how much how much Chet Holmgren slash Paulo Bancaro tape have you watched so far? Like I want I just want to. I'm wondering how deep in the tank are you? Um, not super deep. I've watched a, I've watched them both. I've watched Jabari Smith as well. I like Jabari Smith right now, probably as much as as Paulo to be honest. Um, but uh, yeah, for me, I like I like Paulo and Jabari Smith. Um, I think Jabari Smith is probably the best fit right now for this Rocket team. Um, but again, you're not talking about fit. You want the best available player. Um, Paolo looks awesome. I mean, he just looks awesome. Uh, but I'd like to see him, you know, show uh, some range. I think you got to have range in this game today. It's just, it's, it's just such a critical thing. Um, and uh, and Chet is I, I have him third, but I, I you know I'm intrigued by him. But I and I don't want to be the guy who says the same cliche thing. But I, I really am concerned about his frame. He just is he makes so Zochi like look look built like that's yeah. how skinny he is. 
And, and he, you watch him play, and he's got kind of a little bit of a mean streak in him that you wouldn't think for a guy who's that thin. Um, I mean, he's he's smart. Uh, you know, he makes good defensive plays, a uh, good weak side shot blocker, and lots of lots of positives with him. He can shoot, um, but yeah, the the strength and the the frame is a concern for me. Yeah. Yeah, it, I I I watched a little bit of it, but I can't I can't I can't say I have too much of an opinion on who's going to go number one, who's going to go number two. You know, I, I you know I really like Chet. I'll tell you that I really I really like his fluidity, but uh, you know I I like Paolo too. He's he's, he's got a really nice frame. And Jay Nivey is really impressive too. Now he can't shoot. He's he's not a good shooter. That that always concerns me with guards. But I mean, he is strong and athletic and. Um, you know, there's there's definitely some positives for him as well. So, I, I think this, you know, and you've got guys like Jalen Duran and and Jaden um, uh, Hardy as well. And so, there's some other guys that could play their their way up to the top five. So, um, I, I just think it's a draft where if you're the worst team in the league, you're going to be in a good position. Yeah, uh, and, and for what it's worth, I don't see the Rockets winning more than 20 games still. Uh, I, I, that's what I had. That's where I had them before the season, like kind of in my head, and I I haven't wavered on that. Like I think, you know, they may they may look pretty good right now, but again, like they're st- at their core, they're still a pretty bad basketball team, and they're going to trade away some of their best players at the deadline. I, I do believe that's going to happen. Like Eric Gordon is not going to be here uh, past the trade deadline. He is gone. A good team I would is. Hope so. I would hope so. Well, I mean, you would be on a contending team. Yeah, he he, and a good team. He's going to really help a contending team. Like that guy is good. I I never bought this idea that his contract was bad. I I always thought it was fair value, and I think people are starting to see how fair value it is. That guy is just a good role player, good basketball player. Helps teams yeah. win. Um, hey, listen, like I told you, I was going to take twenty to thirty minutes out of your time today. I told you I would try to wake you up. We got forty-four minutes out of your time today. I think you're pretty. You're plenty awake. You're plenty awake. <laughs> you're good. You're good, man. It's like no worries at all. Yeah, it's uh, I, you know, as far it's 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 always fun to talk to you about it. And I think as far as this, you know, you talk about the trade deadline. The big question is whether Wood will be traded. I think that's what everyone's curious about because he's thriving right now. And you're trying to get you know, me in trouble. You're trying to get yeah. me in trouble. I'm not trying to get you in trouble. I know you. I know you did that last year and got in trouble. But I, you know, I think you know. There, I mean, there are mixed people on it. But I mean, as far as you know, with a year and a half left on his deal, um, you know, it, it's just a matter of this: Do you want to pay Christian Wood thirty million dollars a year and, and make him one of your three solid pieces? That's that's what I'm asking. That's what I think people have to ask. You know, is so if not then you have to look at it and see what's out there. Yeah, we will see. We will see. Trade deadline is still a bit away. Uh, we're, we're approaching December, so, you know, we're talking two or three months there. Um, Liz, I really appreciate your time. Uh, where can we follow you on Twitter and, and, and read, read yourself on the website? Uh, it's at ClutchFans on Twitter, and the uh, website is ClutchFans.net. And, uh, yeah, you can you definitely, you know, um, I hope most people know about it, but it's uh, the forums are very active, and that's where most of us are, are talking about the team. Yeah, it, it's crazy how active it remains in the Reddit era, right? Like, you would think Reddit would be taking a big chunk out of that, but you still got really, really active users on there. 
<laughs> Thanks. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. Yeah, Reddit, Twitter, Facebook. I mean, so many, um, you know, discussion outlets, but uh, it's, it's remained pretty uh, strong. So, yeah, I appreciate it. All right, I'll talk to you down the road, Dave. All right, man. Take care. Take care.